I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Lots of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf. How about a cold one on the patio during a nice spring day? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Great to have you with us as always in the GM Shuffle. And first and foremost, please do give us some love. Apple Podcasts, subscribe, rate, and review. And in fact, you know what? We'll read a couple of reviews because we just appreciate you guys chiming in. Here's one from G9 Rewind. Love this NFL and Sopranos podcast. Here's one from PHX Fish. We'll always be interested in what Michael Lombardi has to say. Verk is a great sidekick as well. Curse it up, Mike. Here's another <laughs> one here from Finns fan number one. Go ahead and cuss all you want. Here's another one here from Zephyr Window. I'm a little upset that I lost a wager to my friend of the Lombardi F-bomb over under. With the line at three and a half, I naturally took the over and was extremely <laughs> disappointed with ML's weak and flaccid performance on the most recent episode. Oh, man, Please man. up your F-bomb game, Lombardi. Be an authentic Jersey guy. It's who you are. I look forward to the day when we can move the line to, say, seven and a half or so. <laughs> oh, fuck. I have no idea how that's This is kind of getting out of hand here. I don't, I don't know. I just know this. I may not curse anymore. I may not curse enough, but I know this. The NFL, the, I, Al Riveron is sleeping on his job. He he is like the Maytag repairman. It ain't that he ain't busy. He just has got doing nothing. I mean, why do we waste our time with going to replay challenges when he's not going to change anything? Yeah. It's so frustrating, man. Like, just replay in general. Like- I mean, it's ridiculous. Like, there was clearly not offensive pass interference. I mean, we're recording this just before the two-minute warning. The Chiefs are down 19-10, to 10, and he missed more calls in this game, and he wouldn't change the calls. And, you know, it's almost like, you know, Al, he's constantly looking for the change because, you know, Al, he's kind of he might have a little bit of coin on something on this game. <laughs> <laughs> he used to be a little more subtle about it, Mike. Now he's a little now, more over about give it. A shit. He just said, you know, he says F it. I, I don't care. You know, that 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 F it counts, by the way. You yeah, know, absolutely. And so it's just remarkable when you sit there and watch him. I mean, you get these calls and like. The clapper today, and we'll talk about it in the game. There's so much to talk about with the clapper. I mean, this hour could be a whole clapper hour. Really, it could be. The clapper challenged that when he got to, when he got the penalty on cursing at the official, like, why are you challenging? You're not going to get this. They haven't overturned anything. It's mind-boggling, Ed. Uh, we got plenty to talk about in this episode. Trust me, we'll be uh, boggling some minds out there, including the fact who's a coach of the year candidate. What the Dallas Cowboys are more frauds than ever before, and also is Teddy Bridgewater this good, or is Tampa's defense simply atrocious? Let's lock in on some games here, Mike. Beginning with the Pittsburgh Steelers and Mason Rudolph exiting after a scary hit. Earl Thomas. Saw Rudolph step up in the pocket, took Amo at the Ravens' safety, considered a Pittsburgh quarterback's strike zone. His crunching hit to Rudolph's chin left Rudolph with a concussion and Pittsburgh season in the hands of undrafted rookie free agent quarterback Devlin Hodges. The Ravens pull out a 26-23 win. What does Pittsburgh do now? Do they pick up a quarterback or is the season over and they just don't care? 
I mean, they got to pick up a quarterback, right? Don't you think? I, I, when Devlin Hodges came in off the bench, the first thing I thought about was Al Davis because he would have been like, oh, do they even know who this guy is? Do these fucking coaches know who he is? That's not my curse. That's Al's. Do they even know who the fuck he is? Oh, my. That, you know, because he was obsessed with knowing every quarterback, you know, and this kid broke the record. Alcorn State's record set by Steve McNair. You know, he played at Stanford. You know, he's from Alabama. Sanford, he went to Alabama. Uh, and so he's not a big kid, but he, they, he made their team, you know, and he came in and played in the game. But, you know, I mean, that would have been that would have been a nine-alarm fire. if the, it, it, After the game, I would have had 47 phone calls from Al complaining that we didn't know who the hell the guy was. Forget the fact that, you know, we couldn't stop anybody on defense, you know, and we turned the ball over and we still lost. Can you imagine that the Ravens turned the ball over as much as they did and walked out of their losers Jackson throws three interceptions well here's what the crazy thing right Lamar Jackson Lamar Jackson took five sacks and tossed three interceptions and instead you get Justin Tucker like this guy's unbelievable I saw the HBO Real Sports story on him the fact that he sings opera in addition to being one of the greatest kickers ever 48 yard field goal was unbelievable did you see the one the the last kick I mean I thought it was going left I thought I thought the mayor the mayor of Voorhees Randy Brown who takes credit for everything He's the kicking coach in Baltimore. I mean, he'll take credit for anything. He'll take credit for the housing market. He'll take credit for any goddamn thing. I, I'm sure he took credit for the wind, for the wind direction of knowing exactly what it was at 75 feet up in the air. You know, and so I like, oh my God. I, I mean, what a great kick, right? Oh, you're right. It was it was exactly described, Mike. It was it was tantalizing Steelers fans because it went hooking left before drawing back in and tucking inside the upright. You're talking about a division rival game. This is one of those that if Pittsburgh could have pulled it off, they go, oh, my God, Hodges, what a crazy win. Instead, for the Ravens, you breathe a sigh of relief because you go, we didn't deserve to win this game. Lamar Jackson did not look good. Our offense didn't look good. And yet we escaped and we got a little lucky. Yeah, no doubt get really lucky. And here's the thing to me, and I kept saying this, tweeting this. I mean, I, I don't know the Steelers. Like, I don't understand their logic here. They trade away from Minka Fitzpatrick, and they let this pick out there. And then I was just looking at their schedule, AD. And I'm just telling you, I, I mean, they didn't lottery protect. They've got the Chargers, then they got the bye, okay? They've got Miami. They'll beat Miami. They're not going to beat the Colts, not going to beat the Rams, probably not going to beat Cleveland, could be. Beat Cincinnati, not going to beat Cleveland twice, right? Arizona, maybe beat them, not beat Buffalo. Could beat the Jets and not beat Ball. I mean, I'm thinking they got five wins. If you got five wins, you're in the lottery, right? <laughs> it's true. Here's the other thing that's crazy. How about Mike Tomlin, one of the rare coaches, Mike, to defer after winning the coin toss? Like, do you think, was that showing trust in his defense or no faith in his offense? Uh, you know, I think he probably felt like, okay, you know, I got this rookie quarterback. Let me see if I can get the ball turned over again and come back. But I, I mean, I think to me, I think that's, that's symbolic of him not really knowing his team. I think he thinks his team's better than it is. When you trade a one, an unprotected one away, when people say, well, Lombardi, maybe they can't protect the one, you can do anything goddamn thing you want. You can say, look, if this one's not between one and ten, then I'll trade you two twos. What, what were the, Miami was going to give Minka Fitzpatrick away. They weren't. They weren't actually thinking he was the greatest player since sliced bread. Yeah. So I. I mean, I don't understand it, and I. I just think it goes back to they think their team's better than it really is. Now they got to go out to the Chargers, who lose to Denver. Surprise, surprise, surprise. First time. I, I'll take full credit for this. I'll Randy Brown this. Mm-hmm. I'll take full credit. I didn't recommend the the Broncos for my picks, right? Mm-hmm. And of course, naturally, they win. I mushed the Broncos right into the win column. I, I, by the way, AD, I'm 15, not to pat myself on the back. I know Millie's going to give me shit about this. 15 and 6 on my picks against the spread so far with this Chief, because clearly the, the Chiefs are not going to cover by 11 today. 
They're down 19 to 10 with a minute 19 to go in the game. So I don't think they're going to cover. So I'm going to jump that one into the win column. I'm 15 and six on the, you got to listen to the Thursday's picks. You're making money. I love it. 15 and six against the spread, man. That is easy. You're helping people. I'm like, forget about Voorhees. You're helping them get mortgages all over this great state of New Jersey to listen to your picks. I mean, I'm trying my ass off here, you know? <laughs> I mean, like, you don't want to pay attention. Like, like, like someone once told me, only bet as much as you're willing to win, you know? So, I, I just think to me, you know, and, and Denver and six of those losses came at the hands of Denver. Exactly. I'm an idiot. And today they win. So going back to Pittsburgh, how are they going six and 10? It's a lost season, right? As soon as Roethlisberger went down, you knew it was going to be tough. And then Rudolph gets hurt and you go, okay, well, good luck to you. And then they made the trade. Right. And like I said, it's a team not knowing their personnel, thinking that they're better than they are. And the game of the weekend was the Packers and the Cowboys. Speaking of not knowing what they are, that would be the Dallas Cowboys right now. This is crazy. They got off to that hot start. People are going, hey, pay Dak Prescott $30 million a year. Give him this crazy contract. Here come the Cowboys. And instead, you got Packers running back Aaron Jones screaming, this is my house, to the Fox cameras after he has a great day. 107 rushing yards, 19 attempts, career high, four rushing touchdowns. He's the first player to rush for four touchdowns in a single game versus the Cowboys. Like, he was unreal. Leighton Van Der Esch, you always talk with him, you know, the great linebacker for Dallas. He was all over the place. They couldn't stop him. It was amazing. Without Devontae Adams on Sunday, the Packers leaned on Jones, and he carried them. When was the last time, Mike, you said, okay, you always focus on Aaron Rodgers? Of course, but you said they got a really good running game and a really good defense. I mean, without uh, Tyron Smith in there, their pass rush was great against Dak Prescott. Yeah, no doubt. And, and look, Aaron Jones, this goes back. I watched Aaron. I was at the Patriots. Belichick and I were going – it was the summertime, and we were going through all the conferences. We always were do, we'd always do it there and before we went on break. And he comes in, and one day I'm watching Texas, and I see this back from UTEP, like, take it to the house. And I'm like, holy shit, who is this guy? Like, he outran Texas. And if you outrun Texas, you're fast, right? I go look him up. It's Aaron Jones from UTEP. He's only a sophomore. Then he gets hurt as a junior, tries to play as a senior, and he's not the same player, right? So, you know, now that's problematic, and they get him in the fifth round. And when they got him in the fifth round, I said they got a steal. But this game, to me, was the Packers' offensive line. I thought the Packers found an identity today offensively, which they needed. Look, they give up a ton of yards. But they turn this damn ball over. And here's what I don't understand. Everybody bitches. They bitched at Belichick for playing. You know, you're up 33 to 6. What are you doing playing your starters? You know, you're, you know, why are, why are teams playing their starters at the end of the games? Why don't you substitute, right? We hear that all the time, right? So here's my man, the clapper. He's got two timeouts. There's 13 seconds left to go in the first half, right? And he gets the ball at his own eight yard line. And he runs Zeke Elliott for one run and calls timeout. Then he runs Zeke Elliott again and calls timeout. Now and he's got two seconds left to go on the clock, and he's got the ball at his, like, 18-yard line. Like, what the fuck is he going to do with it there? <laughs> like, seriously, what, is, what did he just accomplish? Like, why isn't somebody having an absolute panic attack that he could have gotten the best player in the league hurt by running him on two carries? That were mean is, what was, was Zeke going to break it for 90? Was he going to break it for 90? Seriously. I mean, what are we doing here? And, and this is the thing that blows my mind away. This man's in charge of a billion-dollar company. No, not a billion, a five-billion-dollar company. And they just gave this guy $200 million, whatever the hell they gave him, and he put him in the hands of this guy, and he's running them on plays that are meaningless. 
Somebody tweeted out, said, well, he must be on uh, on the Clappers fantasy team. It, that's, that's the only explanation. <laughs> it's the only explanation. Right. Cowboys had 563 total yards in this game. Amari Cooper had 11 catches, 226 yards with a touchdown. And to your point, because of poor decision-making and poor plays from Dak Prescott, they lose that game. You can't squander a game. When you put up 563 total yards and you lose the game, that's inexcusable. It's inexcusable. I mean, it's it's really – and here's the thing. It's coaching malpractice. And I'm watching this game with a Cowboy friend, my friend Bill. He invited me over his house. I'm watching the game with Bill. He's a Cowboy. And I'm like, look, they're leaving – look, they leave – they're leaving my man. Uh, they're, they're they're leaving him alone. Cam Fleming, he's all by himself on this play. Boom, right by Cam Fleming, hitting the shit out of Dak Prescott. Right, up, leaving him alone again. Like they act like Cam Fleming Smith. Like they don't even do anything to help the guy. Like at some point, you go into the week on Tuesday and you say, "Okay, fellas, for us to beat the Packers, we're going to have to block Preston Smith." Now we know Cam Fleming can't block Preston Smith, so every goddamn time, I want Cam Fleming to step inside and set him inside. I don't want him to get beat inside, and we're going to chip him on the outside on every single play. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, how hard's that? And there they go. They got him standing out there like he's blocking nobody. And then they lose Collins, and they treat that like no big deal. I mean, it's really remarkable. I, I mean, it's coaching malpractice is what it is. But, look, that's Jerry's fault. He put him in charge of his $5 billion corporation. He put him in charge of his $200 million running back. This is what you're going to get. Now, the thing is, he's perfectly dressed. He's got the utility belt. He's got the red flag in the back. He's got everything. He's all blue. He's perfect. But nothing happens. We get nothing done. I saw Chris Richards giving the team shit. He was going crazy with the team on the sideline. The clapper was clapping. Trying to stay positive, I guess, right? That's his approach. Like, like he went to Princeton. Like, th- what didn't they teach you at Princeton not to hurt the best player? You ran him twice at the end of the half for what? What was the gain of that? What was the gain of that? And you know what's amazing? Aikman said nothing. He said nothing. Well, like, what was the purpose of this? I was going to say, Cowboys apologist, maybe, right, for Aikman? I, I mean, I think so. I mean, he loves tr- – th- those two are buddies. They love each other. I mean, you know, I mean, I get that. They're friends. But, I mean, that's stupid. That's 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 like the fans deserve better than that. Like, this is ridiculous. Once he, that kid fair caught the ball, okay, we got 13 seconds left to go. Deal it down. Let's go. We're not going anywhere. It's crazy. Like you said, I, hopefully somebody actually asked Jason Garrett afterwards. Hopefully somebody is questioning his decision-making because if you're a Cowboys fan, as you said, you'd be irate. Let's go back to Dak for a second. I think Dak, Dak got the shit beat out of him. He was getting the hell kicked out of him. And let's face it, they got, they got behind the game. It takes Zeke out of the game. Zeke had 14 targets going into the week. They still don't use him in the passing game. And we'll put to the end of Kellen Moore's head coaching candidacy. Let's put that to an end right now. I mean, because it's been two weeks against two coordinators. They've moved the ball, but they've not been able to block blitzes and handle things. Plus, not helping Cam Fleming out to me is coaching malpractice. That's really bad. And, and bottom line is this for the Cowboys, right? When we just saw Dak Prescott put up those numbers the first three games, it was against bad defense, Mike. It was bad secondaries, all right? The, we said that. We were saying that here. Right. Like if you take advantage against feeble opposition, okay, congratulations. Like you're supposed to do that. When when you face stiffer competition, when you face a stronger target, you fold. So what does that mean? It means you're not Super Bowl contenders. It means you're not as good as we thought. Maybe the Cowboys are a playoff team. Okay, I can see that. Maybe they win the division even. But they're not going to be one of the best teams in the NFC. There's no way. Right, we'll talk about that later in this pod because I'll tell you what, the NFC, every game, the Cowboys have lost to the Packers and they've lost to the Saints. And those are two big NFC losses because it's going to get hairy coming down the line to get in. There's going to be, it's musical chairs in the NFC. In the AFC, I'm not sure it is, but I'm going to write a column tomorrow morning on this. There is musical chairs in the NFC and somebody's going to be without a chair. 
and and it's going to come down to head to head playing against each other. And these two NFC losses are going to be really critical. Nobody's going to talk about it in Dallas now, but it could have lingering effects come December. Yeah, and rather than top three, bottom three, this week on the GM Shuffle, we're going to give our playoff teams right now. So listen, we're five weeks into this thing. AFC, NFC, Mike and I will predict the division champions and the wildcard teams as it stands now. How about the Raiders? They knock off the Bears 24-21. John Gruden's team coughing up a 17 to nothing halftime lead, but rallying with a game-winning drive from Derek Carr. The Raiders are 3-2. and two. They got the ball at their own three-yard line, down by four, and went 97 yards to the go-ahead score. I mean, you talk about surprising results. The Raiders beat the Bears, and they do so with coming back. I mean, John Gruden was so fired up afterwards. He was talking about the Cleo Mack trade. I mean, he, was, he said it was the most fun he's ever had. He's like 56 years old. I mean, it was unbelievable. Give him credit. Look, I think the Raiders have done something that, that at least they know who they are. I think they got to give them a ton of credit for that. They win on first down, and I said this on Visa this this weekend. I said, look, they're, they got to win on first down. They can't get into second and long, third and long. And, and then Matt Nagy, for whatever reason, decided to take that penalty. To they rushed the passer, and so they got called for that flag. You know, and then all of a sudden, you know, then that gives the Raiders the chance to go all the way down the field and beat them. You know, it's fourth and six, and and they run the fake punt. And the next thing you know, why are you rushing the passer? You're off the field. There's six minutes to go in the game. You're off the field. Right. Gruden had a fake punt call, fourth and one at his own 27-yard line after the Bears committed a penalty on the previous punt attempt. So that keeps the drive alive. It's That's brutal. That's brutal. That's just horrible. You know, and so... You know, I look, I, I, this is this one's on. Give all the credit to the Raiders. I mean, give all the credit. They, they did a great job. They controlled the – and they're doing exactly what I preach. I mean, I talk about, hey, you got to play less defense. Well, you know what? The Raiders played – the Raiders played 25 minutes of defense. And the Bears had to play 34 minutes and didn't look very good. I mean, the Raiders' drive chart comes out. They go 10 plays, they punt. They go 10 plays again, touchdown. They go 6 plays, touchdown. Then they go 11 plays, field goal. That's the end of the half. They come back, they fumble, they punt five plays. They, they only, only three and out they had was at the end of the game. They controlled the ball. They got into third and manageable. They know they can't throw the ball down the field. They can't, they're not going to have big yards per attempt. Terrell Williams, their best receiver, wasn't even at the game. And yet they still won. Now, everybody's going to bitch about Nagy not going over there early and all that. But this loss is not on the fact that MVP, MVP, MVP Mitch wasn't there. This is all on their defense. Their defense couldn't get off the field on third down. They couldn't get off the field on third down. Yeah, Bears defense, Mike, coming in, allowing a measly 61.5 yards per game on the ground. Like, that is a phenomenal run defense. And instead, Jacobs, I'm a bunch of arm tackles, 123 yards on 26 attempts. So he took care of business. And you mentioned the fact no MVP. Mitch, listen, Daniel still wasn't very good. I mean, no. he threw a couple of interceptions. The second pick was a killer. He clearly showed why the guy is a backup quarterback. They didn't have a running game either. You know what no. I mean? There's nothing that guy's going to be able to do. No, they can't. They can't run the ball. I mean, they're they're showing you who they are. And even if MVP Mitch, when he comes back, it's it, they're they're going to be if they don't get a stellar performance from their defense. If they have one of these days with their defense, where their defense gives up almost 400 yards and they're 50 percent on third down, they're not very good. I thought their defense was better than this. And the Raiders and John did a great job exp- exposing it. It was wonderful. A great win for them. We'll get to Teddy Bridgewater in a second, but anytime you can mention Jim Brown, you know it's a notable day for guys rushing the football. How about Christian McCaffrey? Three touchdowns, and he piled up 237 yards from scrimmage. He's the first player since Jim Brown in 1963. 175-plus yards from scrimmage and four 
of a season's first five games. They knock off the Jaguars, the Panthers do, 34-27. to And very quietly, Mike, they've won three straight games, first victory at home in nearly a year, and Kyle Allen, first undrafted quarterback to win his first four career NFL starts since Kurt Warner. How about that? Amazing, amazing, and they and they were horrible on defense. I mean, Gardner McKay Minshew was incredible again today, and I'm telling you, Riverboat Rom was trying to give him the game. He's trying to give because this I watch this game closely because I had that was my number one pick. I liked Carolina to lay the points, and it was my so I watched this game intently. I thought they would play much better pass defense. I'm telling you, this Jacksonville team. Is really is really good on offense, and now unfortunately they're not any good on defense anymore. They used to be, and I think there's a real issue in the NFL. Nobody, I think the teams that are running the Pete Carroll scheme, the Chargers, the Falcons, Seattle, Jacksonville, those four teams defensively are not very good, and they're running the Pete Carroll scheme that was good in 2014. It's not good anymore. You're going to have to adjust it. People know what they're doing against it. They gave up 507 to Gardner Minshew, and Minshew's throwing the ball in the end zone on the last play of the game. They averaged 7.8 yards per attempt in this game. Now, Allen really didn't do very much. You know, he fumbled again and got on the ball, didn't lose it. And, and Jacksonville committed three fumbles and were throwing the ball in the end zone to tie the game. Riverboat Ron, he misses two field goals. He's got a third and one at the Jacksonville 6, and he runs some horseshit play, which tells you he's going for it on fourth down. And instead of kicking the field goal to go up by 10, he tries to put the game away and go up by 14. Of course, it gets stuffed. They go right back down the field, and they, they turn the ball over again. So then he gets the field goal to get him back, and then, of course, it just they win the game from there. But it was it was not an easy win for Carolina whatsoever. I mean, I, I, I like, what, even though they lost today, I like what Jacksonville. Jacksonville had the ball 32 minutes. They controlled the game. And that's what Carolina's starting off having the ball 10 minutes in the first quarter. Gardner Minshew, career best, 374 yards. You mentioned Riverboat Ron. He's the winningest coach in franchise history with 74 career wins. And NFL.com's Greg Rosenthal, he referred to Rivera as NFC South's Lazarus. He thinks he does his best coaching with his back against the wall. The Panthers are now back in the mix. And one other thought about Minshew, I mentioned the career best, 374. He did it against the NFL's top-rated pass defense. I mean, you talk about good secondaries. That's where Carolina ranks, Mike. I know, and I, and I and they, they they did it to Deshaun Watson. They did it to 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 the mayor of Munchkinland. They held him down. They hired Kyler Murray down. I mean, this was what made it really impressive. And I think I, I D. Filippo, the offensive coordinator of Jacksonville, he's done a good job of adapting the offense to what his strengths are. Now they Fournette's back to being a runner base. Twenty three carries, one hundred eight. Had a long of forty eight. The long of forty eight happened in the four, happened in the fourth quarter after Riverboat Rom went for it. He took that ball out of there. He wore them down a little bit, and that's been the key. And, and, and he's had four catches in the passing game, only 7.3 yards, but at least he got him four catches. It was a hell of a win for Carolina, but I was impressed with Jacksonville. I really was, A.D. I think they did a good job. I think they've done a good job of keeping their team together, not letting it fall off track with this Jalen Ramsey crap. And I, and I think the way the South is, with even though the Colts won today, these battles are going to go back and forth. But I think the bigger issue for Jacksonville, for the Chargers, for Seattle, because look at the Seattle almost gave up 500 yards, right? Jacksonville gave up 500 yards, right? The Chargers get got smoked by Denver today. They gave up a bunch of yards. And so everybody's giving up all these yards that are playing. The, and Atlanta, the, we haven't talked about Deshaun Watson yet, what he did against Atlanta. So this Pete Carroll defense, the structure of it, it's really not working right now. It's not working for Pete, and Pete knows it.
It's interesting you mentioned DiFilippo. Of course, they brought him in because they have the chemistry with Nick Foles coming over from Philadelphia. And now you wonder, Minshew's been must-see TV. You can't bench him. You can't put Nick Foles in there when you he's healthy. Minshew's been too good. This team finally has an identity. I mean, I mean, they could because once you put Foles back in there, now you now you've hurt your team because you take the fullback off the field and you got to put Fournette in the offset eye, and that's not where he's any good. He's not a he's not a run and shoot runner. He's a deep eye back. I got to eat crawl on this one. I said the Saints season was over as soon as Drew Brees got hurt. Well, so much of that. Teddy Bridgewater, you know, he would kind of been. I don't want to say he took the training wheels off, but Sean Payton said, okay, let's open the sucker up. 314 yards passing, four touchdowns. New Orleans beats the Buccaneers 31-24, to as now Bridgewater's unbeaten in three starts this season. And this is the beauty of the NFL, Mike. Can't predict anything. Jameis Winston looked great against the Rams. 385, four touchdowns in week four. This time, 15-27 to for 204 and a couple of touchdowns. Do you think Bridgewater, are we going to see more of this, or is this just a bad Bucks defense? Well, I think a little bit of both. I think it's a bad Bucks defense. I think there's no doubt about this. But Marshawn Lattimore's got to get got to get player of the week this week. I mean, he did a remarkable job on Mike Evans. Mike Evans had three targets, no catches, and Lattimore trailed him everywhere in the game. It was unbelievable. I think what's what's happened because Breeze has gotten hurt is this defense, this team has bonded. This this Saints team has bonded. Bridgewater has done exactly what Sean's told him to do, wanted him to do, and now you know Michael Thomas has 11 catches for a buck 82, big time, two touchdowns. They can still run the ball. Camaro's great. They ran it 31 times today, but now he's starting to get into the offense. They finally got Jared Cook going a little bit with the tight end. He had four catches, so I, I think what you're seeing is is that Bridgewater is slowly adapting to the offense, and they, that's a great win. I I think that they could have easily been a letdown game for them, and they came in there and they're fifty three percent on third down, and then their defense did a great job of holding Jameis to three for eleven. Now Jameis, you know, I mean, let's be honest. I, I was worried that Jameis was going to throw it to the other team. I liked, I really liked, I really liked the the Bucks in this spot. This is my one loss of the week. I thought that they would be able to take some advantage of of the secondary of uh, especially against Eli Apple, and they didn't. And they didn't. And, and you got to take your hat off. I think Sean Payton deserves coach. Right now, he's my coach of the year. I mean, Gruden certainly deserves being three and two for where he is with his team. But but Sean Payton losing his best player at quarterback and beating the teams that he's beaten, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, listen, people were denigrating Bridgewater. They're calling him 10-yard Teddy before. Instead, he finally breaks out. I mean, this is the first time he's passed for more than 200 yards since December 20th of 2015. That was his final season as a starter with the Vikings. And in terms of coaching, you mentioned uh, plaudits going towards Peyton. How about box coach Bruce Arians was not happy. He lost two challenges, including one on a first quarter fumble. On the play, T.J. Logan punched out the ball from Saints return Deontay Harris, and they recovered the football. The play was initially ruled New Orleans ball. The ref said there was no clear recovery, so the call stood. Arians said, quote, that was the stupidest call I've ever seen. Yeah, I'm telling you, this weekend was not good for the officials. I think Al Riveron is the Maytag repairman. He's in that office. He's sleeping. He's at the switch. I mean, he ain't doing anything. <laughs> they just humored us by saying we're going to change some of this shit. We're going to go. They just humor. They're lying to us. They're not doing anything. <laughs> he's in there sleeping. Catching 40 winks. Yeah. He has to be because he's not watching any of the replays we're watching. It's easy to say, you know, that Kennedy didn't get shot from in front, right? You know, even though his head snapped back. I mean, you want me to believe it? Go ahead. Sure, we'll believe it, right? I mean, like, what are you watching, Al? We're watching all the same tape, right? Yeah, pretty frustrating. By the way, up next, New Orleans playing at Jacksonville. Think about that. Bridgewater now leading the Saints against Minshew. That's going to be a lot of fun week six. Look forward to that. And who would have thought that Saints-Jaguars would be a fun game, but I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I think it's going to be a great game. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good one. Coming up next, we may be five weeks into the season, but it's never too early to see which teams will make or miss the playoffs. Mike and I give our picks 
right after this. Plus our weekly awards, of course. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. I mean, these second-round playoffs have been unreal, and we have the conference finals now on the horizon. Make sure you get all those futures bets in before the value disappears. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets in. Instantly, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code SHUFFLE. That's code SHUFFLE for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please pay responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance, see dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. As Mike mentioned earlier, the picks right now crushing it. 11-5 going into the week. Once again, remind us where that record is now. 16-5, is that right? No, well, that's 15 and 6. So 4 and 1 you went this week though. Yeah, and the two best bets on the board that I thought were New England and lay the points and the Eagles and lay the points. I talked about it on Vison and and I didn't put them in the card. They were the two best plays. So I thought that that was a gimme putt. The the Eagles just destroyed. Oh. The, I mean, the Jets with Luke Falk, it's just horrible. I mean, Luke Falk's not qualified to play in the XFL. Forget about playing in the NFL. I mean, all due respect to Luke, that's not fair. And the Redskins were truly an abomination. I mean, they, you know, every time I turned around, it was second and twenty. They had one play in the game. It was thirty-three to seven. Did you see Belichick's quote after the game? He said, "It was nice to see all those Patriot fans make the trip down." I wonder how Dan Snyder justified that in his head. Ugh. How do you think he handled that? Well, Jay Gruden even when, when asked for comments, still being the coach, he's like, "As long as the key still works, like he knows he's dead man walking." Like this team is just a absolute- yeah. But who uses keys anymore? Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Where's your pass card? Come on. Those yeah. Key to walk in. Let's do some weekly awards here, Mike. First off, on the lamb, the Atlanta Falcons are now one and four. They got hammered against the Texans, fifty-three oh, to thirty-two. And here's another example. Here's Atlanta running running Pete Carroll's scheme. You know, it don't work. It's not working. You know, you can't play a lot of cover three zone. You can't read the shoulder of the quarterback. You can't break on the ball if your defensive line doesn't dominate. I mean, if you can't play a man-to-man game and you can't get into it, which the which the Falcons can't. The Falcons, I mean, Dan Quinn's going to take the heat for this, but the Falcons are not very good. They're 8-13 and over the last 21 games. They're now 19-20 and since the Super Bowl. I mean, at some point, Arthur Blank's going to have to sit there and say, I can blame the coach, but really, we're not a very good team. 
We're just not a very good team. We're going to have to revamp what we're doing here. We're going to rethink about how we're picking players, how we procure talent. Atlanta's not one of those teams that steals. They make very few trades. I mean, I know they traded for uh, Cyprian and, and they traded Duke, but they rarely make trades. Dimitrov, the general manager, doesn't want to go outside his draft picks. He wants to just he's, he really is Ted Thompson when Ted Thompson was in Green Bay. He wants to get players one way. I don't think you can do that anymore in the NFL. You know, they've got Julio Jones, good player. Matt Ryan's declining, not the same player. And their offensive line stinks. This is a big win. I, I didn't think that they could go into Houston and win, but they're a bad road team. I mean, Matt Ryan now is 10-15 and 15 when he goes indoors on the road. Yeah, 32 of 46 for 333 touchdowns, but you're right. It doesn't indicate how the actual score went. And how about their running game, which is non-existent? Maybe it's because of the fact you mentioned the O-line's bad. Devontae Freeman, 30 yards and 11 carries. They can't run the ball. Yeah, this this doesn't make any sense to me, right? You fired you fired Dirk Cotter because you didn't think he was good, and you bring him back. Like, why did you fire him in the first place? <laughs> like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, what are you doing? You know, and you got rid of Sarkeesian, which I think was right. But to me, there this is this is part of the problem in the NFL. There's not enough people helping the head coach. Right. There's nobody really helping Dan Quinn. He's he's calling the defense. He's trying to be the general manager. He's trying to get his general manager to try to find players. It's a really tough job. And it's and it shows. And, and the fact that when you're the head coach and you're controlling one side of the ball and that side of the ball stinks, you're in a lot of trouble. The Oakland Raiders stunning the Chicago Bears 24-21. That's your Fred Palermo award. The best game uh, playing going into the week. John Gruden. You got to give it to John. I mean, love you, bro. I mean, he ran it effectively, you know, in the mortal words of George Atkinson. He ran when he had a ran and he true when he had a true, you know, I mean, he did it when he did it, you know, it was great. I mean, look, they controlled the pace. They helped out their tackles. Mac didn't destroy the game. Carr got rid of the ball quickly. And they they played good enough on they played less defense. Look, they're terrible on defense. Farrell wasn't active today, but they got two sacks out of Hurst, the inside tackle. I think it exposed the Bears offensive line because the Bears offensive line isn't any good. The one thing MVP Mitch does for the Bears offensive line is he hides some of their sins with his movement, and Daniels can't do that. KGB award, Mike, the team that got duped this week, the Dallas Cowboys, I'm telling you right now, we thought they were uh. contenders, they're more pretenders than you realized. They are more pretenders. They got their asses kicked. I mean, there's just no two ways around it. They've got, they got beat last week on the road. They come home and they get beat again at home. I mean, that's just bad. That's bad ball. You know, they're challenging things. They're doing stupid things. I mean, at some point, like I'm telling you, if the clapper worked for Al Davis, there's no way he would have gotten away with that. There would have been a phone call from the box. What are you fucking doing running Zeke Elliott? I pay he's 200 million. He would have gone crazy. He would have gone crazy. Meanwhile, there won't be a word about it. Meanwhile, we'll be complaining about some team playing their starters in the fourth quarter when there's when you can only dress 45 players. But we'll let this happen and with nobody saying a word about it. Zeke Elliott, 12 carries, 62 yards. He's supposed to be your bell cow. Prescott did throw for 463, but they lose it 34 to 24. Uh, inexplicable. It's all junk stats, though. It was the, the the game was over, and they were just getting stats. They were the, the the Packers opponent wasn't really the Cowboys any longer. It was the clock. Yeah, Amari Cooper, eleven catches for two twenty six. But you're right; it's just window dressing. Uh, why did we win? Why did we lose? Winners. Let's talk with the Ravens and the Vikings first. Well, I think the Ravens won because you know they they didn't give up big plays. They played hard. 
you know, they, they fought their way through it. They understood what they did. They saved some things in the second half. They were able to get disruptive on defense a little bit. Look, they're not very good on defense. They're 32nd in the league on pass defense tackling. They tackled much better today. And even though they turned the ball over on offense, you know, they were able to make some plays with their defense when it came time. The Vikings won today because they threw the football. They made plays in their passing game off their play-action pass game. That's why they won. That's how they have to win. And they forced Daniel Jones to play faster on third down, which he didn't do very well. This is two weeks in a row Daniel Jones hasn't thrown the ball down the field. Now, in fairness to the young kid, he doesn't have great weapons, right? He doesn't have the people that he could throw the ball down to. Even though the great Golden Tate was back today, he doesn't have an opportunity to get it down the field. This offensive line got exposed. I said it on VEASAN all day today that I thought for sure. You know, there's certain players have bad matchups, and Everson Griffin's a bad matchup for Nate Solder. Nate Solder's six feet seven. Everson Griffin's like six two. Nate can't quite get his hands on him and bend them well enough, so it's a problem. I mean, Daniel Jones threw the ball 38 times. He had 182. This is a typical Eli Manning game. You know, four, four sacks, 65 quarterback rating, 38 attempts for 182 yards. Checking the ball down. Really, nobody made any plays. Receivers average eight, seven a catch. That, that's just not going to be good enough. And I think what happens when they play against these better coordinators, this week he's got the Patriots. they got to go up to the Patriots. The Giants actually were eight for 16 on third down in this game, but they had 211 total yards. Meantime, why did we lose? The Redskins just continue to be a mess, and also Tennessee as well. Why did we lose focus on both those teams, Mike? Uh, well, the Redskins lose because they just have no idea. They can't. They can't ever put together five or six plays without just falling apart. I mean, that's the, the Redskins need really. The Redskins need to be an expansion team. They need to fire everybody and start all over. Tennessee just kids themselves. Tennessee can't play or make any explosive plays. And when they play against a good defensive front like Buffalo, even though Buffalo can't make many offense, offensive plays, Tennessee doesn't have very good. Tennessee's and this is the definition of a seven and nine, eight and eight team. Tennessee. It's crazy, man. Like you're right. It's just kind of fool's gold at the end of the day. Tennessee, uh, they lose to Buffalo, fourteen to seven, to file there. If you don't know now, you know. What's the main takeaway from this week of football? You mentioned earlier about Sean Payton. Yeah, I think Sean Payton's the early candidate for coach of the year. He's done a great job defensively, offensively. You know, with the kicking game, this Harris kid gives him another dimension. I mean, to win three games without your star quarterback, who would have thought that, right? I mean, that's really remarkable. He's won it. I think Gruden deserves some props, too, because, look, let's face it. I've been hard on Gruden here. Love you, bro. But, you know, he's got his he's, – he's playing a style, which is half the battle in the NFL. It's half the battle. He's not any good on defense. I don't want to hear all this crap. Well, it's all – he's not any good on defense. But he plays a style, and he's played less defense. That's the way to win in the NFL. Yeah, and uh, you're right for Gruden. Clap if you're with me. All right, I'm with you right now. Knock, knock on the desk if you're with me. Knock, That's knock. what it is right now. All right, who is courageous? Who is desperate? The L.A. Chargers, whenever you've discussed them, Mike, you've mentioned just how shoddy their offensive line is. It can't, you know, and this is what kills them. I mean, they're hurt. They've got a bunch of injuries, which they typically always do. I mean, you can blame Anthony Lynn all you want, but they're down 14 and nothing quick to Denver. I mean, you know, and they can't protect – like I've said this all along. I mean, finally, you know, they they can't protect. Finally, Denver got some pressure on the quarterback. They turned the ball over today. You know, they got two interceptions on him. I mean, Rivers had a, had a throw 48 times for 211 yards. They couldn't stop the run. They gave up 191 yards rushing. I mean, Phillip Lindsay's run the ball really well. Freeman and Flacco played within himself. Flacco played typically the way he's been playing all year. It's finally their defense stepped up, and I think the Chargers, they got to host Pittsburgh this week. They are really desperate right now. They're going to have to figure this out in a hurry.
Courageous, you mentioned the Raiders. Of course, they beat the Bears 24-21, coming back from a 17 nothing deficit. And also, you're focusing on Deshaun Watson. I mean, listen, wow. he's the engine. He's the quarterback. The Texans put up 53 points against the Falcons. It was remarkable. I mean, he was really, truly, it was fun to watch him today. It was really a lot of fun. I mean, he was on point. His accuracy was 10 times better than it was a week ago against Carolina. He had two plays against Carolina he didn't make. But this week, he was just sensational. I mean, he was everything that you think he was. He truly was Michael. He, was, he only had five incompletions the whole day, AD. 28 of 33, Mike. That's 85% completion for 426 yards and five touchdowns. That's one of the best stat lines you'll ever see. You know, and and they didn't even have Kenny Stills today, but this Will Fuller now. When he has Will Fuller, they're a different team. Will Fuller had 14 receptions for 217. I mean, three touchdowns. They're a different team. And look, I don't know what to make of Houston. I really don't. I think sometimes I like Houston. Sometimes I don't. They're so damn inconsistent. You never know what you're going to get with them. But today, he was when he plays like this, Houston's the best team in the AFC South. But I don't know if he'll always play like this. All right, let's do something different now. Making the playoffs, this is Mike's idea. Rather than going top three, bottom three, let's go through. Let's start predicting. Why not? We're five weeks into this NFL season. So let's do NFC first, Mike. If we had to predict the NFC playoff teams right now, I've got the Eagles winning the East. To me, that was a huge win against the Packers. They look great against the Jets. I mean, yeah, the Jets stink, but you do what you got to do. You take care of business. Packers, I, I had them as number three in my top three a week ago, and uh, they look great against the Cowboys. Again, the fact that they have a running game and a defense that was stifling, taking advantage of the Cowboys' weekend offensive line, those are good signs to me, along with, of course, Aaron Rodgers. Saints, yeah, I was wrong. I thought Breeze done. They're done. No, Bridgewater's been good, and Sean Payton's been effective. And the 49ers, every year there's going to be a surprise team. Why not? I'll go the 49ers and Jimmy G being back healthy for my wild cards. Yes, I think the Cowboys aren't as good as people think, but they're probably a 10 and 16, which is a playoff team. And the Seahawks right now, four and one. You mentioned their defense still a little bit shaky, but I like them coming out of the West. How about for you? You know, I'm with you on the division right there. I like the, I, I like your divisions, Eagles, Packers, Saints, 49ers. I'm with you on that. I think somebody's going to surprise from the West. I, I think it's critical that the 49ers beat the Brownies tomorrow night. They have to do that, and they match up really well with them. But I'm going to go off the track. I think the Vikings and the Rams will be the wild card. I think the, the Cowboys could easily be left at home. I think Seattle could be left at home. I mean, this is how tough it is in the NFC. There's going to be two teams that don't have a dance card. They don't, and you, we can argue, well, the Cowboys won't. You know, no, I mean, the Cowboys right now took one back on the chin because of losing to a team like New Orleans and a team like Green Bay, which are, are teams in the NFC. Those are, those are hard losses. So we can argue this, but those are my top six right there. All right, AFC teams, of course, the Patriots are a no-brainer. Once again, the AFC East, I mean, they're unbeaten. They're going to keep rolling. Ravens, I like a lot. I'm going to go with the Colts. I mean, look at what they did against the Chiefs. You win 19-13 at Arrowhead. Maybe it's different because it's a Sunday night game, but honestly, I was impressed with what their defense did. And those fourth downs, man, I am telling you, every time there's a fourth and short, Frank Rice going to go for it. Their offensive line looked great. Um, they will trust, trust Marlon Mack to get the first down or Brissett's 240 pounds. They'll get those first downs. I love teams that can grind out wins like that. So I'm going to go. Patriots, Ravens, Colts, and Chiefs. Obviously, KC's still in the mix. I got them as the second best team in the AFC behind New England. And then wild cards, I'm going to go the Bills and the Texans. Buffalo finally ended uh, that long playoff drought. They're 4-1 right now going into the bye week. They're healthy. I like their defense. And I'll go with the Texans. To me, eye-opening performance from Deshaun Watson, putting up 53 at home against Atlanta. Those are my six AFC playoff teams, Mike. Patriots, Ravens, Colts, and Chiefs. Wild cards, Bills, and Texans. And, and I like everything. I'm going to go Texans to win the South. 
And then my wild cards this week are the Bills and the Jags. Now, I know I left the Colts off, and I probably should take the Bills and put the Colts, but there's something about the Jags that I like, the way they're playing football in Minshew. I'm going to buy in a little bit to the Minshew magic. The Colts got a lot of injuries on the football team, and what they did today, it was really remarkable. And take your hat off. I mean, they should have get Frank Wright deserves all the praise. And really, Matt Eberflus, the defense coordinator, he mixed it up. He was not scared to play man-to-man tonight. He was not scared to play man-to-man and get in this Chiefs receivers. And they got, even though they didn't get one damn call, every call, like they overturned that interception that, that looked like it, they said it hit the ground. They called it an interception on the field, and they went to Al Riveron when they woke him up, and he, and he rule overturned that call. Like they got every call, and they still come out of their 19-13 winner. So... I probably regret picking the Jags here. It probably could be the Colts, but there's something about the Jags that I like. If they get Ramsey back and start playing better on defense, I like them. I just love what the Colts did against Mahomes. I mean, 6 of 18 since he went 12 of 15 in the first quarter. That is a defense locking things down, and uh, I give credit to Indianapolis because there was so much focus around them after Andrew Luck was done, but they've been really good. I would just say my bottom three teams, it's really not hard to figure this out, right? I mean, I don't think we disagree that the that the Jets are a bottom team, the Redskins are a bottom team, Miami's off this week, so we won't put them in there, and Cincinnati. I mean, those three are bottom teams, right? There's no doubt. Yeah, I was going to say the Dolphins, you can always put them in. Don't even put them in pencil. Put them in pen. Put them in magic marker. Put a Sharpie. Yeah. You know that they're in there with the other three. Although I think they beat Washington this week. I'll be honest with you. I think they'll beat Washington. But that's we'll talk about that. Now. We'll talk about that on Thursday. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, the GM Shuffle is always twice a week. So check us out. We're available Mondays and Thursdays. Mondays, of course, recapping the action. Thursday, looking ahead. Speaking of looking ahead, Monday Night Football, Browns and Niners on ESPN. Cleveland is 2-2. Two and two. San Fran's 3-0. Speaking of who's courageous, who's desperate, don't you feel like there's some desperation right now? The Browns you can't go down 2-3. and three. And if you can win a game at San Francisco against a team that hasn't lost yet, maybe that can fire up Freddie Kitchens' team a little bit. Yeah, and this is a tough matchup. Now, you look at the numbers, and the numbers don't favor Cleveland at all. Cleveland's offensively, all but besides all the hype, they haven't been very effective. What I what worries me for Cleveland in this game is Armstead, the defensive tackle's tall. Buckner's tall. They've got height inside. They can push the pocket, and my man Baker's a short guy, and he can't see over them. And I think this, this 49er defense will give them some problems. All the talk about how good the Browns are on offense are not reflective in the four games research study that you do. They're just not there. They're 26th in passing. His quarterback rating is 30th. They're bad on third. They're 26th on third down. You go through all the numbers, and they're not very good. 49ers can run the football. They're one of the few teams that run it more than they throw it. They can make big plays, yards per attempt. That's the key to Kyle Shannon. This is a big game for the 49ers because they got the Rams next week. And again, you can't stub your toe in the NFC. Here's the numbers on Baker Mayfield, man. Four touchdowns, six interceptions, a QBR of 41.3, which is 26th and 59% completion. He's not even completing 60% of his passes. And and he has four touchdown passes and seven commercials. So we should put another column in there. (laughs) It's a ratio which works maybe for your bank account, at least short term. It's not going to work out long term. Uh, We did not talk about Joker because Mike and I both found to be a thoroughly unpleasant experience. That's why we hope you had a pleasant time listening to the GM Shuffle. We'll be back on Thursday. As always, Apple Podcasts, subscribe, rate, review. Mike dropped a few F-bombs for all of you, so let us know what more you want, and we'll give it to you.